Hi everybody, welcome to Long Term Memory. My name is Jack and joining me as always is my good friend Colin. Colin, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, not bad, thank you. Uh, how are you? You alright? Yeah, um, yeah, Superman, yeah, getting there. Um, do we get our apologies out the way then for uh, last Monday, missing a show? Yeah, um, may as well. Yeah, let's, let's just be completely transparent and completely honest. Um, our football team get a particularly disappointing result on the Saturday and we were absolutely scunnered and forgot to record. Um, and, and that's basically it and we only realised it on Monday so apologies um, obviously for the Patreon guys we shoved up a, a, new, a new thing for you guys from the archive on there so that you didn't go without but for everyone else apologies but hopefully this week's show makes up for it well that's it this one is this one's going to be quite interesting I think because some of you will know that we obviously well most of you I think will know that we do I think in the Heart and Hand Rangers podcast called RBR the Jack and Colin show where we we talk nonsense. It's, it's the same as this, but on heart and hand, basically. And a couple of weeks ago, we got on our friend Caroline to basically rip off the My Dad Wrote a Porno podcast, where we just read porno and laugh at it and how bad it is. And that kind of took me down a a bit of a rabbit hole. I didn't realise there was so much sort of fan fiction out there and, and stuff like that. So we are going to get on to, let's be honest, awful fan fiction. There's no point in reading good stuff because then we couldn't sit and laugh at it. We are going to go on to that, Colin, but uh, we've not done a pie competition in a couple of weeks. So we're doing one this week and we do have a winner and it was a, a clear winner um, when we asked for uh, people that had fucked up at work. Yes, we did. Um, a, a good few um, good, a good few kind of um, answers came in, but there was one that automatically just kind of started ringing bells and you texted me straight away and said I think we found a winner and you were quite correct and it was from BI Air Max 97 Blair and... Max I'd imagine that'd be oh yeah okay I don't know why I couldn't read it that way but yeah Blair yeah. Max 97 I quite like that Um, he basically just sent a tweet saying I was installing phone lines remotely and I put an orphanage for disabled kids out of service without realising fuck's sake um, not now... just an orphanage not just like a normal orphanage no. an orphanage for Disabled kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, we need more details, so we hit him up and asked him to tell us a bit more information. And what he said was, it was years ago when I first started working after school. I basically made a rip-roaring cunt of it from start to finish. I thought I had completed everything correctly and signed off. The next day, I was lucky to be in early, and I got the call from my director straight through to me. The director said that they're a home for kids with chronic illnesses, and they'd been left without phones and internet for a day or so. So appointments and visits were all cancelled. Um, I did manage to get it sorted later that day, so a happy ending, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not got the best of luck. This guy told us also about a similar mistake he made around the same time when he put a luxury kind of taxi or airport transfer firm out of service for a full day. <laughs> and this was a company Fuck that dealt with yeah. celebrities and A-listers, and they sued his work for loss of earnings of a million pounds. Jesus Christ. Oh. I, I, I presume your name's Blair, mate, with that... Um... Twitter handle or Twitter name. I don't know how you've stuck a fucking job. Right, it's mad. Like you really fucked that thing up with the the poor, chronically ill children that couldn't get visits, and then also done a done a similar thing, and then it, it's in it's the brackets that you've sent me. I was still new. See if you were still new at my company, you wouldn't be able to get old at my company because fuck <laughs> me, man, <laughs> you've really fucked things up here, and you put us at a million pound. <laughs> uh, it's the thought as well of these kids, these these poor kids, right, that are orphans, which is awful, right? 
they're chronically ill, awful, right? And then their iPad stopped working. It's fucking awful, man. (laughs) Fuck me, what a life. Um, But yeah, that's that's our pie winner uh, for this week. And uh, we'll be doing another pie competition uh, this week. So pay attention to the Twitter on Monday. Uh, We'll put out the the question or the request for content uh, on there. And um, you'll be able to have a go. Uh, people that could also have a go are our executive producers, Jack, who are? Uh, Mark Brown, Robert McMillan, Sandy McClarty and Stuart Glass. So um, if you were on Patreon you didn't miss a show on Monday, um, you plebs just had to wait until now. But um, the top potatoes, like I say, are Mark Brown, Robert McMillan, Sandy and Stuart. Uh, all the patrons are absolute top potatoes, but they're the top, top, top potatoes. So yeah, big shout out to the, them. They're the King Edwards, I would say, or the Maris Pipers. Oh, that is it, that is it, <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on to, like I says, um, basically just awful fan fiction. Now, basically, uh, our research involves, you know this by now, just Googling stuff. So when you Google awful fan fiction, there's something that really jumps out, Colin. Um, it seems to be at the top of the search results all the time, and it's a thing called My Immortal, which is a uh, Harry Potter fan fiction so I, I think how, we've not read any of these, right? Um, so this is sort of live reactions and we're just going to read these fan fictions to you and each other live. So our reactions are going to be um, true, basically. So I know you're into Harry Potter, right? You're a Harry Potter fan. I don't know much about it, right? So I kind of think to do this My Immortal fan fiction uh, written by... Um, XXX bloodthirsty six 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 x x x on some sort of fan fiction website. I'm going to read it to you. We'll have a discussion and see how it sort of actually fits into the narrative and stuff like that. Harry Potter, how about that? That sounds good, Jerry. I mean, Harry Potter for for some reason. Bearing in mind that it's a show, uh, sorry, it's a book about children. It is very very popular in this uh, fan erotic fiction sort of. Uh, world there's a lot of it about for some reason which is a little bit worrying because it's only up until the last book that they're actually of age to really be doing anything but for some reason it is a it's a magnet for weirdos that write this sort of stuff yeah it was and written I, yeah so i just like to make it clear as well that I'm a, I'm a harry potter book fan not a movie fan there is a difference movies oh, are really? shite but books are brilliant are the movies actually shite but like are, are they all right they just don't live up to your the world that you'd built in your head about Harry Potter. Yeah, that's probably a fair comment. To be fair, I think if you if the books didn't exist and you just watched those films, you'd probably think they were pretty good. Um, mm. But they just don't compare to the books. Yeah, well, nothing compares to this book, um, My Immortal. It's a Harry Potter based fan fiction, obviously, and it was published on fanfiction.net, which is a seems to be a popular blog or website for people writing fan fiction. This was back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Really convoluted narrative constant digressions, there's nothing that really makes sense about this, it's actually been uh, voted the worst fan fiction of all time, basically the story largely centres around uh, a non-canonical female, so non-canonical is like it doesn't actually stick too much to the fucking, the actual story uh, named Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway <laughs> Dementia Ravenway, I don't know what that means and her relationship with the characters in the Harry Potter series, especially um, she's got a romantic relationship with Draco Malfoy, who's a wee blonde boy, is that right? That's right, yeah, well done, man. 
Yeah, so I know some of that. Uh, culminating in her travelling back in time to defeat the main antagonist of the series, Lord Voldemort. Or, as she repeatedly misspells it, <laughs> Vladimir. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Vladimir. It just, oh, it's a typo or whatever, but it just makes that such a big difference from Voldemort. Sounds so scary. <laughs> Voldemort. <laughs> he who should not be he who should not be missing misnamed. Um seriously, is that what So one of the big things in Harry Potter. He should not be named, right? Okay. Yeah, no yeah. you should nobody should see his name, Voldemort. They right. call him the Dark Lord or they call him it or him, but the, the idea is if you see his name it encourages him and encourages his people sort of thing. So he's always referred to as you know who or he who must not be named. Yeah, so Obviously, like these spelling mistakes and stuff, have sort of gained infamy um, for the my immortal. Basically, there's plot inconsistencies and basically a complete disregard for the original Harry Potter source material. Like I think quite a lot of the time, this fan fiction is sort of really quite rooted in the actual original fiction, but this one just goes way off fucking piste. Despite that, uh, the series has also inspired multiple works itself. And there's actually quite a popular YouTube series, I think, um, that's got millions of views that was based upon uh, My Immortal rather than uh, Harry Potter, obviously. Have you, had you heard about, not, maybe not this specific book, but it's like 44 chapters, it's like a fucking massive book, by the way. Like, she's got right into it, whoever's wrote it. Just fan fiction in general. I'd heard, like, general murmurs that it was like a not dark web, but sort of you have to be a bit fucking weird and gimpy and strange to go and start write it or read it. Is that the sort of vibe that you get? <laughs> right. Okay, so gimpy, strange, what was the other one? I don't know. Come just, 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 just before I admit to my experience in fan fiction, um, my experience and our knowledge of fan fiction does really purely just come from Harry Potter and I first became aware of it during the gaps between books. Um, because there used to be like a, a year, 18 months between books, and people were obviously crazy for what was going on. And this is when a lot of this fan fiction stuff stuff first started. People couldn't wait for J.K. Rowling to do the right, the next book, so they were writing their own and putting it online. And I remember there was a couple that people said were quite interesting, were quite good. And I do remember downloading like a Word document of one of them, I think, between the fifth and the sixth book. And I maybe read like three or four chapters of it and then just stopped because... It was just a, a pale, a pale, pale, pale imitation of the proper stories. But I did try it out to see what it was all about and to get a little bit of a, a Hogwarts fix. But yeah, this has always been the one for me that if, I, if you ask me to describe fan fiction, I think it would be this or Twilight is the two big ones, I think. Yeah, I think that is the big one. We'll maybe get to that a little bit later on. So this author, like I said, is called XXX Blood. Uh, bloody wrists, sorry, I thought it was bloodthirsty. Bloody wrist six 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 x x x. So you can sort of see where this last is coming from. Although a lot of people sort of debate whether or not this is the right person. Many have deemed it to be unsolvable as who to actually wrote this. But eventually, in two thousand seventeen, so about ten years after the book came out, uh, Tara Gillespie basically came out claimed to be the author using a fiction press account stating that she created. Um, an active Tumblr account under a real name in an effort to locate this account. Um, sorry, and this led to Rose Chiristo. Sorry, 
So that never mind Tara Gillespie, she's an nobody, she set up an account to find this person and Rose came forward and said, it's me. Um, she stated that she was a co-author of this book. Again, there's like doubts as to whether or not that she actually wrote this or co-wrote it because some of the stuff she came out with, as far as I can remember, was quite like on point, but then some of her memoirs that she's this person's written memoirs after it didn't really add up. So again, a lot of people are sort of a little bit dubious um, as to whether or not a it was her that done it, and then then there's also some debate calling here um, about whether it was like written as true fan fiction or written as a like a piece of satire, basically. Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrongtermmemory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Clean the piss out of the whole genre. Yeah, I think it was that bad, and it was so non-canon, and badly spelled, badly pronounced words and all that sort of stuff, people did begin to question it as if, is this a, a, bit, a deep fake almost, a big piss take of this whole sort of genre um, I, I think, you know you know what the, the author probably at some point probably said it was, to save face because of some of the abuse she was getting, but I don't believe for one minute this started as that, Jack No, I don't think so, I'll tell you what what we'll do is we'll um, we'll take a paragraph each now, Colin and we'll, we'll actually tell you, like I said, this is a 44 chapter book, so it's a big chunky book. We will try and, in the next four or five minutes, outline the story of my immortal, right? So like we said, the, the protagonist of the story is Ebony, uh, Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. She's a 17-year-old vampire who attends Hogwarts, uh, located in England, uh, instead of the original book, Scotland. How do you feel about that? Um, it's it's a pointless change of direction. Um, the, the Hogwarts is in Scotland. It's why would you move it? And there's no vampires at Hogwarts either. It's a fucking school for wizards. No well, fucking vampires. Well, that's it. She um, Ebony joins Slytherin, which is is that the baddie one? Yeah. It's yeah. It's the one that's no. got the closest link to the dark arts. Right. Okay. So Hogwarts is then depicted as being divided between two cliques, the Goths, spelled G O F F S, the Goths, and the Preps. Um, Ebony. Uh, and all the sympathetic characters are basically part of this goth clique, where the members of the, the preppy clique are portrayed unsympathetically, basically. Many of the main characters, the um, Harry Potter, are given uh, gothic makeovers, again, spelled G-O-F-F-I-K, <laughs> um, that are so extensive that they bear almost no resemblance to the original characters. For example, Harry um, has transfigured his iconic lightning bolt scar into, take a guess, Pentagram, oh, obviously, Jesus. fuck's sake. Uh, and he's actually moved to the Slytherin house as well. 
and changed his name to <laughs> changed his name to Vampire uh, because he loves the taste of blood. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, Similar. Okay. <laughs> Hermione Granger has changed her name to Bloody Mary Smith <laughs> and lives as a goth vampire Satanist. <laughs> Oh, so many describing words, brilliant. Uh, and Slytherin as well, so she's moved over there. Uh, Ebony and her classmates are also erroneously depicted as attending Hogwarts in the mid-2000s instead of the 1990s when the series is canonically set. Um, so Harry and Hermione have been held back for a decade then. It sounds like it. Uh, judging by the repeated references to the scene and emo culture, uh, which would experience a sharp rise in popularity at the time. Yeah, you would think so, man. Fucking hell. Right, so that's the basis for where we're going here. I'm sure some of you are Harry Potter fans and you, you're saying, fuck that, like Colin is. And I'm sure some of you, like me, are just saying, this is fucking wild anyway. <laughs> right, I, I've, I've just skimmed the next paragraph I'm about to read out and I, I'm I'm in shock at some of it. Right, um, The story begins by focusing on Ebony entering a relationship with Draco Malfoy, who is depicted as shy, sensitive and bisexual. <laughs> Draco... <laughs> Course he is, man. <laughs> Draco invites Ebony to a good Charlotte concert in Hogsmeade. <laughs> She she agrees and they fly to Hogsmeade together in Draco's flying black Mercedes Benz. (laughs) I've not read this man. After the concert, they do not in fact go back to the castle. Instead, they have sexual intercourse in the Forbidden Forest. (laughs) I I I fucking bet he did. Um, But they are witnessed by Hogwarts principal Albus Dumbledore. Referred to in other places in the book as Albert Dumbledore. Um, <laughs> um, Dumbledore, after discovering them having sex, yells at them and derides them as motherfuckers. Um, in a subsequent author's note, it's explained that his outburst is because Dumbledore was suffering a headache. Right, okay. Uh, later after that, Ebony uh, confronts Harry Vampire Potter in front of Sylvia Snape's class. Snape is also called Snap. Also Snope and Snoop. It's <laughs> like Snape drinking gin and juice. <laughs> oh, Snipe as well. <laughs> as well as Draco, who's entirely naked. Yeah, she learns that Draco used to date vampire. Ebony becomes so angry at the perceived betrayal, despite identifying as bisexual herself and professing a sexual attraction to sensitive bi guys and inverting commas with a Z. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Ah, that she runs crying into the Forbidden Forest where she meets Lord Voldemort, (laughs) speaking in a 4K English, gives her a gun and demands that she kill Vampire Potter or else he will kill Draco. But everybody refuses. I'm not killing Harry. Fuck that. Later on, Draco learns of this encounter and he's so angry that Ebony kept it from him that he kills himself by slaying his wrists. <laughs> a recurring <laughs> theme in this particular fan fiction. Oh. Fuck me. Um, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> in, in, a, in subsequent scenes, however, Vampire has a vision of Draco being held prisoner by Voldemort. After rescuing Draco from Voldemort, Ebony and her friends attend a My Chemical Romance concert <laughs> in Hogsmeade. After some songs have been played, the concert ends abruptly when the members of My Chemical Romance reveal themselves to be Voldemort and his Death Eaters. No, it's Death Dealers. It's Death, Death Dealers. dealers. Oh, see, my, my brain's just automatically going to the right word. Um, yeah. 
of older one who had previously been disguised as lead vocalist Gerald Way um, <laughs> <laughs> proclaims his intent to kill Ebony and Draco for the former's failure to kill the vampire. But they are saved by Albus Dumbledore, who has just given himself a new gothic makeover. The next day, Dumbledore gives a gothic makeover to the Hogwarts Great Hall as well. But Ebony feels that he's a poser and dislikes him greatly, a sentiment shared by her friends. Jesus. Oh, it's just, <laughs> just brilliant. My chemical romance and he's dressed up as a fucking lead singer cunt. Jesus Christ, right. So during this time, you've got Lucy and Malfoy and uh, Sirius Black. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's, 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 Lucia, it's supposed to be Lucius Malfoy and, and Sirius Black. <laughs> Sirius Black without the C. Uh, are inexplicably shot by a gun-doting black guy, in inverted commas, likely meant to be Blade, given the vampire themes. <laughs> Fucking Wesley Snipes is in it now, man. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, there is also a secondary plot in which Professor Trelawney, like, Tre- Trelawney. Uh, Professor Sinistra or Sinister or Sinatra <laughs> combined into one character has uh, an addiction to what is presumably the truth serum um, Verti Serum. Um, named <laughs> Voldemort Sherum in the story. <laughs> <laughs> a third plot. There's a fucking third plot point, Jesus Christ. A third plot point sees Professor <laughs> McGonagall often referred to as McGoogle <laughs> or McGoggles. <laughs> <laughs> And Snape attempted to fucking fucking help, <laughs> attempted to rape or harm the protagonist. Jesus Christ! Oh, yet another plot point follows Remus Lupin and Snape being bisexuals who spy on Ebony. At one point, resulting in a moment shortly after Draco's death in inverted commas, where they are sitting on their broomsticks with what the fuck, looping masticating <laughs> to Ebony bathing. <laughs> right, so a bit of background for you, right? What you've got here, please, Jack, is right, go. Oh. You've you've got a Lupin, right? It's a werewolf, right? So you've got a werewolf sat in a sat in a broom having a wank to a vampire. <laughs> that's that's what you're looking at here. Um, Jesus bear in mind also that werewolf is an adult male, and this vampire is a child at school. Oh, to, like she responds with shooting them a gazillion times. A gazillion. <laughs> uh, with a gun Draco had gifted to her off page, obviously. Oh, yeah. plot, plot device, plot device. Plot device. Uh, and in another instance, they have sex in the Great Hall with Toby watching. <laughs> <laughs> right, why is that so funny? What's that? Like, you found that really funny. Because <laughs> Do- Dobby's a house elf, right? Dobby's a little elf who is basically a servant. But they they get made free if they ever get presented with a pair of socks, <laughs> and he got given a pair of socks in book five. But he's a he's he looks like Gollum, so imagine Gollum watching you having sex. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. The wee creature with big ears. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's Bobby. Uh, in addition, Hagrid is inexplicably a teenage Hogwarts student <laughs> who is a crush in Ebony. His bandmate in their gothic metal band, Bloody Gothic Road Six Six Six. And he's, he's also a Satanist as well, so that's big Hagrid. 
<laughs> of, of course, yes. Um, Ebony begins having mysterious <laughs> visions, after which she confronts Professor Sinister. After glazing into a black crystal ball, she's told she must travel back in Tim. Not time, back in Tim. <laughs> Um, using a pensive to stop Tom Riddle, who's referred to as Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadil, <laughs> um, from becoming Voldemort by seducing him, and to retrieve a cure for the sinister or Trevoli's addiction to Voldemort to serum. Arriving in the past, she meets the young Tom Riddle, who calls himself Satan, and who she mistakenly referred to as Tom Bombadil, Tom Anderson, and Stan. <laughs> Stan. That's just going to be instead of Satan. Satan is in a band with James Potter, Severus Snape, Sirius Black and Lucius Malfoy. He's depicted as attending Hogwarts at the same time as the Marauders, in which he is a further non-canon portrayed in the 1980s. The author points out a few anachronisms in these scenes, telling readers to ignore them. There's also an unexplained cameo by a gothic Marty McFly. <laughs> who gives Ebony a black DeLorean time machine able to transform into an iPod, which allows her to travel forward in time. Oh, the best book ever, man. Fucking hell. Oh, eventually, Ebony brings Satan forward in time, uh, where he morphs into the present day Vladimir. <laughs> This leads to a confrontation between the forces of good and evil in the Great Hall in which Professor Snape threatens to rape Gregor if Ebony does not stab Harry or the vampire, whatever he's called. Uh, the story ends um, ambiguously with a shootout between Snape and Draco, Snape summoning Vladimir and Ebony firing off and uh, Avada Kedavra curse, which is misrepresented as Abracadabra. <laughs> See, the Avada Kedavra is the un- unspeakable curse, where right. that's basically you kill somebody with that. That's basically killing someone. Right, and she's wrote it as Avada Kedavra. <laughs> okay, so you can see why this grabbed my interest. Because right? I thought, right, if this is the worst, there's got to be some that are <laughs> pretty bad as well. And it just seems to, there seems to be tons of Harry Potter stuff that you that you said, Colin. We'll, we'll see. Time wise, we're only we're only twenty five minutes in, right? We're going to go to another one written uh, called uh, First Encounter, right? Which is again Harry Potter fan fiction. I don't think it's going to live up to my immortal, um, but again, we'll just take a wee paragraph each here, mate, and see how this uh, fan fiction lives up to my immortal. How about that? Okay, so it starts with Hogwarts sighed and it echoed within its empty halls. The students had all left for the summer and he felt empty and useless. Hagrid was often around, but he was usually too focused on bizarre animals to fulfil the needs of Hogwarts. Professors would pop in occasionally, but being a magic school, Hogwarts didn't need much upkeeping. The little he did need was taken care of by Filch. So they've humanised the building here, Jack. Yeah, and that's going to play, I think that's going to play a massive part in it at some point, right? He shuddered, uh, causing small trembles throughout his halls <laughs> that was barely discernible except by the spiders and owls. He didn't care much for Filch, wishing you could walk away without his squib feet touching his magnificent stone floors. He had long stopped since trying to force his floors open to swallow Filch and Mrs. Norrish whole. Besides, if he kept it up, he would be risking a prolapsed staircase. Oh, fuck, here we go. 
and that was no laughing matter. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, the giant squid saw how miserable Hogwarts was. It was true that he also missed his students, but for an entirely different reason. He missed the terrified screams as he revealed himself arising from the murky depths of the lake. His huge eyes started mournfully, stared mournfully at this very large... At this, sorry. <laughs> you can't get that, you don't know how odd it is. His huge eyes stared mournfully at his very large tentacles. At one time, he had dreams of being an actor, but the larger he grew, the fewer agents and scouts would come calling until they finally stopped altogether. There really wasn't much in the market for a squid that would split a schoolgirl from stem to stem. Oh, he stared at his tentacles uh, as they moved gently in the current. Schoolgirls were out, dot, dot, dot. A plan formed in his mind and he swam to the surface, hesitating momentarily before pushing himself from the water. It ran off his rubbery skin in rivulets as it, as he made his way across the grounds. No human were around to witness the incredible trek and no human would believe his eyes had been a witness. Right, we'll Hogwarts get into a conversation at some point, so I think we'll take a bit each when we get to the conversation, right? <laughs> right, okay. Jesus. So Hogwarts watched the giant squid approach and it felt apprehension well up in his kitchen. What are you doing? The words weren't spoken, but they were understood. Just trust me, the giant squid replied, caressing Hogwarts' outer walls. I'm not ready, Hogwarts exclaimed, trying to push the giant squid away with his magic. Hogwarts, you're lonely, I'm lonely. We don't have to be. Besides, you can't go around manipulating your staircases. You know about that? Everyone does, sort of. That's beside the point. I've never... I'll go slow, I promise. He began to caress the window, teasing it open. Hogwarts sighed. <laughs> the fight leaving him, he relaxed allowing the tentacle inside where he brushed it against the inner walls before settling on the stone floor. He fastened the suction cups to the floor, lifting the tentacle away so that it pulled on the floor without losing its grip. Another sigh swept through the halls of Hogwarts. Oh, Merlin, that feels so good. His rapture turned to fright as he felt a tentacle work its way into a second window. I, do, I don't... I, I, I don't. Trust me, it'll feel good. Remember this. He pulled the suction cup a little harder and Hogwarts groaned. Do that again. The giant squid complied and he did so. He thrust his second tentacle in. Hogwarts shuddered, coming very close to ending the fun. The giant squid backed off, unwilling to finish so soon. He waited for Hogwarts to calm down before sending the second tentacle to search the room. He felt the need to fill Hogwarts as much as possible, and he raised another tentacle, caressing his outer walls, running along windowsills, and tracing individual bricks. So caught up in the bliss, Hogwarts didn't notice the giant squid slip in a third and a fourth tentacle. This is incredible. Breathed Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, no. This isn't even the best part. He held up his two longest tentacles. These can reach for, these can reach further than a room. They can go right up into your hallways. <laughs> I want them in me. Are you sure? They're quite large. Apprehension rolled through his kitchen again while he was deciding. The giant squid forced another tentacle in. You have three tentacles left to decide. <laughs> What happens if I don't? 
in response, the giant squid slid a six into another window. Two, he said simply, with a hint of warning. <laughs> Hogwarts could take the ball. He knew he could. But what would the other wizarding schools think? Would Bjork's Battens allow a giant squid to violate her? Certainly not. If Dumbstrung ever found out, there'd be no end of teasing. The giant squid grew impatient and slid a seventh tentacle into a window, followed immediately by an eighth. Two, one, time's up, and you didn't decide. Oh, what? That's not fair. It's a simple answer, yes or no. Now I'll have to punish you. And with that, he struck Hogwarts square on out a wall with a paddle-like tentacle. So he's got a ninth tentacle. Hogwarts yelped and tried to squirm away with the tentacles and his foundation held firm. The giant squid struck him with the other. Again and again, he spanked the naughty wizarding school until he sobbed for the giant squid to stop. And still, he spanked away. No, I don't... The giant squid finally... <laughs> the giant squid finally stopped. Got Hogwarts in of time for a reprieve before the giant squid forced its extra long spanking tentacles into two separate windows. They slid through the room and forced the door open. The pain only added to Hogwarts' pleasure. The tentacles were in his halls now, massaging the long stone tunnels. Oh my god, this was incredible. The giant squid thought he really should have done this ages and ages ago. Every tentacle was in a different window. No schoolgirl, no matter how many movies she made, could hold all ten tentacles at once. Each one moved differently and with a different pace, driving Hogwarts crazy with the inability to match his speed. (laughs) He felt that familiar feeling and doubled his effort. Ink exploded all over Hogwarts, some finding its way into the windows. He unified his tentacles somewhat, completely focused on Hogwarts. He must be close. Then it happened. Water shot out of faucets, toilets overflowed, and bread set in ovens to keep warm by thoughtful house elves exploded. (laughs) Hogwarts shook violently to its foundations, rousing filch from bed and sending house elves and Mrs Norris scrambling for cover. Even Hagrid heard the groan of stone and came running. They searched around the castle and through the castle, but found no sign of intruders. Most perplexing was the sticky ink on one side of the castle. Hagrid peered through the dark towards the lake and was unable to see the ripples left in the wake of the giant squid. The giant squid slipped beneath the waves, wanting to grin even though his beak was incapable. (laughs) Fucking... He anticipated a very short summer before the professors and students returned, so he had so he had better make the most of it. Yeah, yeah so um I've never read that before. That's the first time that we Hello friends, Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Run Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad free and lots of bonus content. Read that together, Colin. 
Was that a big, massive squid fucking Hogwarts to school? That was a squid fucking <laughs> a building, yeah. Um, wow. Wow. If yeah. you'd like to hear more about squids, um, we actually have <laughs> a podcast. I'm not even doing it. I'm not even doing it. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> All right. I tell you what, we'll do one more Harry Potter story and we'll wrap this episode up and we'll come back to you next week with um, a bunch of sort of other fan fiction calling. So are we going to try and... I don't, I don't know. Are we going to try and barter our way through a story called uh, Who's My Daddy? Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, okay. This, this, do. Is like, this is like a character study as well because it's a, there's a lot of back and forth here. There's a lot of back and forth. Right? Yeah, we, we, we swapped characters halfway through the last one as well. I don't know how it happened, but it did. Yeah, it's because that's about swapping paragraphs and see if it happens again, guys. <laughs> Who who cares? Because <laughs> we feel uncomfortable enough as it is. So, okay, I am, I'll start this one then. Come on now, Mister Potter, <clears throat> you can do this. Push. Harry's yeah. in Muggles' maternity ward as he was coached by a number, a couple of midwives and a doctor. His whole body was covered in cold sweat, and he was gasping heavily for breath. One of the midwives wiped his brow with a damp cloth and whispered kindly to his ear, "You can do it, Mister Potter. Just a little bit now." I can't, I can't, I'm too tired. Harry gasped as tears fell freely from his green eyes. The midwife wiped them away gently. Everything's going to be alright, Mr Potter. You're going to have a beautiful child and you're going to be a very proud father. Everything is going to be great. You're doing just fine, just a little bit more and it'll be all over. Easy for you to say, Harry chuckled tiredly. You're not the one pregnant. Oh, I soon will be. I'm a married woman, Mr Potter. Come on now, push. And so Harry did, with the voices of the midwives and the doctor in charge surrounding him, Harry did the best he could to bring the child that was in him for nine months straight out into the world. Time seemed to pass agonisingly slowly as <laughs> Harry struggled to push with all his might. The weather outside was calm and breezy, a total contradiction to what Harry was feeling at this moment. <laughs> he, could feel, he could feel the warm blood smearing all over his thighs and soaking through the sheets underneath him. He could feel the cold sweat drenching through his blue hospital garments. And most of all, he could feel the pain of birth searing through his skin and through his bones, eating off every muscle and every flesh that was in him like a hungry fire burning ravishingly, ravishingly at a piece of dry paper. He sobbed as he felt the feeling of a lump between his legs growing painfully bigger and he could hear the kind midwife whispering more kind encouraging words to him. One more push, Mr. Potter, the doctor coached. One last push. Harry gripped the bed railings tighter than ever and let out an agonised scream as he gave one last push. He only stopped screaming when he heard the tiny wails of the baby as it breathed in air for the first time. Harry finally let go of the bed railings and gasped tiredly. My, my baby? Congratulations, Mr. Potter. You have a beautiful baby boy. <laughs> Harry wept tears of joy <laughs> and... It- <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous, man. Harry wept tears of joy and immediately forgot about the excruciating pain he had just went through as the midwife spoke kindly to him before wrapped the baby in a clean cloth and handed the small bundle to him. Harry, with shivering arms, reached out and took the baby to his embrace, kissing him over and over again with his heart full of love for this baby. He found it hard to believe that this little child that he had hated and despised as it grew bigger and bigger inside, leeching off most of strength, most of his strength, could end up turning out so beautiful and angelic before his eyes. He felt so sorry for all the hard feelings that he'd felt and said to this little child, 
he could only now feel unending and devoted love towards his little child. Only when the familiar damp cloth was dabbing on his sweat-drenched forehead did he come back to reality. In like a banana, out like a watermelon, eh, love? The midwife smiled as she continued to wipe his forehead as Harry could feel the afterbirth coming to him slowly. Uh-huh, Harry muttered weakly. What's your name again, kind nurse? The name's Winnie. Winnie Dumbledore, Alba's youngest sister. You're, you're Dumbledore's sister? Harry asked in surprise as he finally realised that she had the exact same kind eyes as Dumbledore has. Winnie smiled. Well, I'm the only heir in the family who chose to be a midwife. I can't help it. I just like babies. <laughs> the rest are all working in the Ministry of Magic. You're quite a top during meals sometimes, Mr Potter, I must say. You can call me Harry, Harry said as he tickled his son's chin. He studied his features carefully. Bright brown eyes and silver blonde hair, with skin as pale as the moon. You could see the slight mischievousness and adventurous look in his eyes, and yet at the same time, it was both dark and mysterious, with a small tinge of humbleness. He could feel a dark, silent aura that was both powerful and frightening, but he disregarded it as a slight delusion of his tiredness after birth. What will you call him, Harry? Winnie asked. Harry looked at his baby son for a while before making the decision. Alberto, Alexei, Zephyr, Yanfin, Canerius, Generis, Potter. Wowee. Wow, fucking eat. There's, there's no word of explanation as to why a guy's having a baby. No, no, nothing. Alberto, Alexei, Zephyr, Yanfin, Canerius, Generis, Potter. Oh, any worries, right? I'll just, uh, can you spell that for us, please? <laughs> Jesus I'd fuck, man. It's, it's, it's been a long time since I had a child, right? But I don't remember any of the midwives ever using the words in like a banana, out like a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff, man. Jesus. Right. I, I, I tell you what. We're going to wrap it up, right? Next week, we'll come back to you. We've got snippets from uh, some... Harry Potter fan fiction and then we're just going to look at like Jesus and Hitler and um, there's a story about them there's stuff about uh, <laughs> there's an Anne Frank fan fiction that we'll get to so um, I think that's plenty Colin because I feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> Yeah um, I'd like to thank Jack for doing all the research and for coming up with this show himself this week um, well done Jack and that's me just um, removing all sort of blame for this context <laughs> that your your Google search history has created for us, so thank you for that. Right guys, uh, as always, cheers for tuning in, we'll speak to you next week. Bye.